This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Claire, and welcome back, everyone, to another awesome episode of Dr. PPR. I am your host, Henry Markin. Again, this is Dr. PPR, not Dr. Pepper, and definitely not Dr. PP. Uh, really concerned and confused what that episode could look like, but definitely intrigued at this point. Uh, thank you for sticking around all the ads. Uh, appreciate it. We're um, we're really stoked about the the presence Dr. PPR has had and what keep the momentum going. Happy Monday. It is October 9th and uh, the NFL, uh, we are, yeah, we're pretty much five weeks in. Uh, there's one game tonight and not that it's going to have huge implications on what I'm about to say for this episode, but Green Bay, Las Vegas, I, again, I think that should be a good game, uh, you know, but it's not crazy, uh, you know. In terms of the overall MRI that I just conducted on the entire league and my assessment, both these teams, Raiders are kind of near the bottom, not necessarily tanking for our boy Caleb, but the Packers aren't really in a top 10 power position play yet. They didn't uh, strike the radar. They're not a threat. Uh, not a threat like the Niners. Wow. I mean, football is fun when your favorite teams are just kicking ass. And this is like a joke, how neutralizing they are as a team. I mean, as a, as a defensive perspective alone, they're just suffocating. Like it's really hard to get any sort of inspiration on the sideline when you're just a turnover vacuum. If, if you can at will create turnovers and create opportunities for your offense to set up shop at the 20, I mean, you could have Mac Jones running your offense. You have a good team. But the fact of the matter is their defense may just be as good as their offense. And their offense is elite. Uh, Brock Purdy for MVP. That campaign, it begins now. Uh, this doctor will put his bias out there. Bedside manner has gone away. Uh, Brock Purdy is playing like an MVP candidate. Last week, you could have made an argument, and I say you could have. I did make an argument that McCaffrey could have an MVP season, sort of like the MVP season that Adrian Peterson had uh, when he won it as a running back. No, this is – McCaffrey's success is going to definitely happen because of Purdy's dominance and consistency. Like, if Purdy's not playing well, McCaffrey just can't spring life into this offense. McCaffrey is a very good running back. But there's a reason why McCaffrey alone in Carolina, that wasn't a very good team. You know, McCaffrey with Shanahan's offense, with Brock Purdy's sheer movement down the field, that's a very, very good player. But it all happens because of Brock Purdy. Uh, I think we can, we can, I mean, the nickname Mr. Irrelevant's great for the Disney show that I'm sure is going to get greenlit in a few months because at this rate, they'll just 
package anything into a film or a movie deal just for fun. But I think we got to start calling him other things like Mr. Consistent or Mr. Perfect or Mr. Montana. I mean, he's certainly playing like it. And as far as a player comparison, I think it's pretty suitable. You know, it's kind of egregious to call him Brady, you know, because Brady's sort of like a one-of-one guy, 6'6", you know, accurate, not very mobile. Peyton Manning was a little bit more athletic than Brady, uh, but again, not as mobile, especially as he got older. It was like a miracle seeing Peyton run. But I think Montana, Steve Young and Montana, definitely those guys are good comps for Purdy. And this is crazy to be having this conversation this early, but I think it's, I think it's necessary. I mean, he hasn't lost a game as a starter in the regular season. His one loss came when he blew up his elbow in Philly. And what I think is somewhat of a bullshit game anyways, because it was riddled with errors and, you know, officiating. And again, if that fourth and if that fourth down play was never a thing, you know, Devontae Smith made that catch. Oh, we're at the 20. And if they just challenge it, okay, that's a turnover. Going back to the Niners, that reality, Purdy never hurts himself in that reality. Like the play that Hargraves made on her, that, that never happens. Again, what it could shoulda. But as a doctor, a scientist, if you will, I have to look into all the variables. And so I call that a big void, known void. Um, but a lot happened. And I predicted most of it. I had a great week. It really did. Um, I told you some things throughout the week that you probably thought, hmm, this doctor is uh, using his own medicine and he's prescribing crack. Well, not the case, folks. I was pretty dominant and it wasn't that difficult to see. So we'll start in, you know, Thursday. I I, I had a feeling DJ Moore would have a good game. I didn't know he was going to go off like he did and reach God tier. I kind of knew fields have a pretty decent game as well. Again, not the game that he put up, but better than most quarterbacks in the league. I could have told you to start fields. I definitely told you to start DJ Moore. Um, and I also said, I like Sam Howell that week. I did. I mean, he, the guy had well over 300 yards. I loved, I just sort of loved his progression. They lost, but I thought he put up good numbers. Jacksonville, Buffalo, I said it. I said Jacksonville's going to win the game. You know, it made a lot of sense going into that pick. Um, obviously, if you took the points, good for you. I said Jacksonville's going to win the game because they were already in London for an entire week before. They're already dialed, acclimated. Um, you know, Buffalo just beat the hell out of uh, Miami. And in many ways, this was a letdown game. But you add the fact that they're traveling overseas – uh, kind of a short week because you lose a day getting there. And then you also lose a little bit of the day because of the, you know, well, actually that's not true because technically it's still the day. It, it feels like you lose a day again on the other end because they play so early, but really they just played normal time there. Maybe even late. It was just early for us. Ignore that last part, but the logic holds true. I also said, I love ETN guy went off. I said, Kirk, he'll do fine. He did fine. Wrigley had a good game. Um, and Lawrence would have over three, you know, what did he have? Put up 300 yards? Yeah, I said he'd have at least 250 yards or something like that. I said 240 and a touchdown or something, and at least, yeah, he went 315 and a touchdown. So there you go. I also said only start Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs if you have any Bills players. I mean, I knew Josh Allen would have a good game. I, I didn't know he'd have this good of a game. Holy shit. But I also figured one of the few guys that would be putting up anything on the Bills – is Stephon Diggs. Gabe Davis sort of snuck in there for that touchdown. And it seemed like I was like 
precise for the most part, but then Gabe Davis, you know, did ultimately have a hundred yards and a touchdown and six catches. So if you didn't start Gabe Davis because of me and you needed him, that is the only bit of malpractice I can really pull away from that game. But everything else from that game alone was money. Um, it was a little bit wrong about Houston and just so just, I, I thought they would actually beat the life out of Atlanta and they lost to Atlanta and, and it was a little bit of a underwhelming game for Stroud, but hear me out. If this is an underwhelming game for him, then the dude has a really high standard, which is a, a good conversation to have. He threw for 250 yards and a touchdown, no picks. And if we're calling that underwhelming, this guy's going to have a great season. And this guy's in a really good spot. Uh, Nico Collins, four targets, didn't do that great. Um, I thought he would do a little bit better. It was Dalton Schultz with 10 targets and seven balls catch and touchdown late at 65 yards. He was the guy. That was a surprise. Uh, but again, more more right than wrong. I was so right about the Lions. I knew that – I mean, I just knew that the Goff was going to have a just a flawless game. Goff's just been dialed lately. Um, 236 yards, three touchdowns, a rushing touchdown. Killed Carolina. Carolina looks pretty helpless. Bryce Young had a whatever game. I you know 250 yards, three touchdowns with two picks, losing by 20. I don't know how you assess that. It's still so early, and you obviously traded to get him. You wanted this was your guy, so you gotta you know you gotta be patient with him. I wouldn't have drafted him number one. I thought he was a little small in college. He's a little small in the league here. There's only a few guys that can really make use of their small size. One of them's name is Drew Brees, the most one of the most accurate quarterbacks of all time. And another guy's Brock Purdy, but he is mobile and he's durable and he's pretty friggin' accurate. So I don't know. Uh, we'll talk more about Carolina in a second, but I did tell you do not touch Jameer Gibbs. Thank, hopefully, I don't say don't thank God yet. Thank me, I'm a doctor. I'm your religion. Um, hopefully, you took my advice and started Montgomery. He had 109 yards and a touchdown. And a couple catches, 20 yards through the air, had a great game. If you took my advice and started Montgomery, good on you because he crushed it. And then I was right. Uh, Tennessee, Indianapolis, interesting game for uh, Tennessee to have that big win against Cincy and then total letdown against Indianapolis, who played without AR, by the way. I mean, AR had, he was 9 of 12, 98 yards and some runs. And then Gardner Minshew came in because AR hurt his uh, right shoulder or something like that. And um, I can't diagnose him for injury just yet. Oh, by the way, if you hear this god-awful noise, it sounds like some animal is dying violently. There's no there's no animal abuse here. There's no, there's none of that. It's my chair. It's a little on the older side. Uh, this doctor doesn't have a lot of time to go to the office max or staples. You know, the days just fly by. Uh, so it's the same chair I've had for many years in operation. So if you hear, that's my chair. Nothing, there it is. Nothing, uh, nothing dire over here. No one's dying. Um, it's not, definitely not me by any, by any means. Anyways, back to the game. Zach Moss with 165 yards and two touchdowns. I said, keep Zach Moss in the game. I said, if you have Jonathan Taylor, start him. They'll be happy to get him back, but he's not turning the job over just yet. Zach Moss crushed it. Um, he had a 56-yard touchdown, but you take that away, he still has a really good game. You know, two catches, 30 yards, 23 rushing attempts. That's big. That shows that the ownership 
of the rock is still very much with Moss and it's going to be a committee and probably going to be committed to the run going forward. So keep Moss. If you have him. I was right there. Um, I told you to go. The dolphins as your survivor pick. Uh, that was never a doubt played the giants. They boat raced him two or through two picks. He threw two picks. They didn't kill the giants. Well, they boat raced him, but it, it felt like, I mean, they're, they're way more talented than giants. And, but you know, it was only a two-possession game. And they were like, you know, are the Dolphins really that good? I don't know. Tyree Kill had a great game. Eight catches, 181 yards, a touchdown. I didn't say to not start him or, you know, if you have him, start him and whatnot. But um, Mostert had a good game. Achan had a good game. They just, just Giants suck. Giants are probably tanking for Caleb the hardest right now. So whatever. Another team that's in the shits like the Giants is the Patriots. And they got slapped. Wow. Shut out at home. 34 zip to Derek Carr Saints. Alvin Kamara had 80 yards and a touchdown, and he seems to be back. The Saints, are they real? I don't know. I don't know if any team in the NFC South is real. There's going to be one playoff team just by default, and then maybe a wild card. They'll probably end up playing each other in the first round of playoffs in the wild card round of playoffs. I don't think any team in that division is actual threat. Baker Mayfield and the Bucks had a buy. Baker was on ESPN's College Game Day. Again, I just don't buy the the Bucks. You know, they just—I mean, who they play? They played Minnesota. They won. They played Chicago. They won. They lost to Philly, and then they beat up in New Orleans. And now they play Detroit this week. I don't think they're real. I really don't think. New Orleans is that real? Their schedule is so easy, so you could just benefit off of having a nothing of a, I guess, competitive edge against them this year. I mean, they're they're really playing nobody, um, and including playing their own division twice. So that's the only thing I could say about New Orleans. But I don't know if they're real. We'll move on. It's a boring conference, boring segment. Baltimore, Pittsburgh. Okay. Fuck Pittsburgh. So this is the, you could put this in malpractice, but you could also put this in malpractice within the Ravens organization. Like the Ravens poop their pants on purpose to lose this game. I don't know how they lost this game. Um, like they had the ball in the red zone. Lamar threw a pick. They had the ball in the red zone. Rashad Bateman jumped and dropped it after Lamar just tossed it to him. He couldn't have given it to him easier. He just jumped and dropped like a volleyball set spike. Uh, and then a few turnovers costly on uh, Lamar's end. And then uh, Matt Canada is doing his best to, I guess, lose the games for the Steelers. And then I think there was a slight uh, mention that uh, Kenny Pickett actually called an audible on that big throw the ultimate, the, the game-winning throw to George Pickens, who I told you to not play. I told you not to play George Pickens. Let me tell you why. Um, the dude had that 41-yard bomb. In, in total, he had six catches for 130 yards and a touchdown. If you take away that 41-yard bomb, he has five catches for, call it, 90 yards and no touchdowns. So five for 90, so that's 14. So if you take away that, he has 14 points. And I'm assuming that in most parallel universes, that bomb doesn't happen because Matt Canada doesn't know how to call a play like that. It was Kenny Pickett 
that sort of ripped the training wheels off and maybe could cause a ripple in that entire staff and get Matt Canada fired. If I'm hearing what I hear correctly, um, the Steelers just looked incompetent on offense. That defense is legit. That defense is, is legit and not like as legit as the Niners, but they're very strong. Like, like how they can keep their mediocre offense in games and now first place in the AFC North because of how legit their defense is. That that's a real, that's a real statement, but that offense is pathetic and it's pathetic because they have an offensive coordinator who is stubbing his own toe. And um, that's just a real big red flag for a doctor. If, if you, are like inducing self-harm continuously, you have to wonder, okay, yes, if you isolate that as the variable, you know, you might be better off, but that's a pretty big freaking variable. Your offensive coordinator just doesn't know how to run an offense. That's a problem. That's what I saw. Okay. I'm sorry if you took my advice and missed out on six catches for 130 yards and a touchdown. Um, I hope you know that, if he doesn't make that play, it's a decent game and you barely missed out. So that's where the logic stems. Again, I'm really sorry. Uh, Eagles beat the Rams 23 to 14. I feel like the Eagles are just kind of, they're just kind of winning. They're like, they're, yes, they're winning, but they're, I don't know. They won easily. If you're, I, don't, I don't know what I'm saying here. I, I think it's just me, just my overall distaste towards Philly sports in general, that it's just kind of hard for me to swallow. The Phillies are good. They're probably, honestly, the second best team in the NFL there. I said it. They won against the Rams. So did the Niners. So did the Bengals. Teams have beaten the Rams. Maybe the Rams aren't that good. I don't know. I'm looking for every angle here. I'm, I'm trying to pitch this to you straight as a Dr. Wood. The Eagles are, they're good. They have a pretty solid defense. Their defense is pretty solid. A few slip ups here and there against teams, but they just kind of find ways to win. If you're undefeated in the NFL, you're undefeated in the NFL. It's a very hard league to remain lossless. So, yeah, give them their flowers. They're probably the second best team in the NFL, but there is a true uh, matchup of, of comparative strength this year with the Niners and the Eagles. Niners are going to Philly, so just keep that in mind. Um, Bengals are back, beat up on Arizona. Burrow had well over 300 yards. Uh, as I predicted, I knew he was going to do that. I knew Jamar Chase was going to have a good game too. I, I kind of thought that the strategy was, hey, look, they're a lot better than the record says. Arizona's not horrible of a team, but definitely not good. Need a bounce back game, correct the course. This is usually what Joe Burrow does. It's some game like this where he goes off because he has the weapons to do so. Uh, I was actually somewhat surprised he didn't throw for 400 yards. I mean, this is usually the game that he does that. So the fact that he only threw for 317 yards, I, I said he'd have a game like that. Um, but I was actually aiming for higher numbers than what he did. So that's the malpractice there. That's how good of a prediction I had that it was still not that good into what I thought it was going to be. Um, I guess it doesn't make much sense. My, my point is I knew he was going to go off because this is what Burrow does. Burrow, you have to exclude a couple games at the beginning of the year and just understand that they, by week 10, week 12, they're probably going to be uh, a team can, you know, in contention for a Super Bowl, right? Week 12, what is that? That's a, a reasonable record for them would be like eight and four with a pretty good grip on the AFC North, I'd imagine. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what I think will happen. Okay, and then Jets, Denver. <laughs> Jets beat up on Denver. 
The problem isn't Nathaniel Hackett. At least it wasn't when he was in Denver. The problem with Denver, other than the fact that Denver may just suck, is Sean Payton, which is ironic because Sean Payton, on record before the season started, said that Nathaniel Hackett's uh, coaching stint last year in Denver may have been one of the worst coaching jobs performances of all time. Well, it may be the second worst of all time because Sean Payton is certainly not in his own hurry or not in his own way of, (laughs) he's definitely in a hurry and not in his own way of getting that title. He, he just looks incompetent. Russ looks awful. Um, Their offense looks boring. Their defense can't stop anyone. There seems to be no organization, no discipline. And quite frankly, you're running out of hope. So you got to correct the course now in Denver. Otherwise, the season's a punt by week seven. Like next week, Denver has to, you've got to fix it. Otherwise, you're doomed for the next two or three years because you have no draft picks in that entire deal getting Russ. And if you do have any draft picks, chances are you're going to blow them up anyways. Nobody wants to play for Coach Payton if he's going to shit on Nathaniel Hackett as the worst coach ever and then be the worst coach ever. So, oh, tough to be a Broncos fan. They're not let's riding very well. Not in Broncos country. Um, Kansas City, Minnesota. Yeah, I thought the game would go differently. I really did. I thought Minnesota would put a better fight. They just look kind of, they look kind of mid. Like, more mid than mid. Like, shitty mid. Um, they're not that good. I thought Minnesota would be a little bit better. I thought they would turn their season around because they're, I, I guess the yards you're putting up per game is is impressive considering their lackluster record. Yeah, it's just because they have cool play design, but, you know, they're they're dumb. They're they're not really well coached, and wouldn't surprise me if he, you know, if he gets fired, uh, O'Connell, if their if their coach is tossed by the end of the year. I mean, they didn't do that well in the playoffs last year. They got lucky, one could argue. And you're going to run out of excuses if it's not you. Then who is? Is it Kirk? I don't know if you could blame Kirk. He had no picks, ninety-two overall QBR. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you do. Thankfully, I just get to diagnose him as mid. I don't have to actually give him prescriptions. I can help you avoid what to do. But I said, don't do, don't play Madison. Madison had a touchdown. He had, you know, a catch, two catches, 20 yards, a touchdown, two, 28 yards running. Okay. Have your, what is that? Six, have your 12 points. I said, don't start him. I said, start Pacheco because Pacheco would have, um, a decent game. He had 50, 55 yards rushing, a touchdown, which uh, which is great. But then he had one catch and one yard receiving. So Pacheco and Madison, I think Pacheco outscored Madison by a tenth of a point. So technically, I was right. <laughs> technically, I was right. Um, but um, yeah, it wasn't that uh, big of a difference. Okay, and... Lastly, the Niners. I already talked about them. I knew they were going to kill Dallas. I said it in the video. I said I said they're going to destroy Dallas. They're going to dismantle them. I said, do not start Dak Prescott. He'd be lucky to get eight points. Did he even get eight points? Let's see. Uh, two yards rushing, so not really helpful there. He had 153, which is four plus six. plus So he had 10 with the touchdown. Three picks is minus two per pick, minus six. Ah, oh, four points. 
Would he have been lucky to get eight points fantasy-wise? Of course, but he got four because he's Dak Prescott. And it was so easy to see. It was so easy to see. Definitely the best team in the league. The 49ers are without a doubt. That's my power ranking is Niners up here. Like number one, bold, italics, everything, and then everyone else. That's the power rankings right now. I don't need to give you an order of everyone else because until I see that a team could sniff the ability of the Niners, it doesn't matter. You have the power rankings and you have everyone else. That is my diagnosis. That is real medical work right there, folks. You don't need me to tell you the Philadelphia Eagles are two and the Bills are three and, oh, wow, looks like the Chiefs jumped up to five or something. Hey, what about the Jaguars? Are they top 10? Maybe. Who cares? Niners are here and then 50 feet of fecal matter and then everyone else. That's my power ranking. But here's a fun power ranking. The opposite of a power ranking is, oh, wait for it, folks. It's my new favorite segment. It it just so happens to be more timely than ever because we have uh, new contenders in this week's tanking for Caleb. Here we go. Tank for Caleb. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Bad. Some teams look bad. Like, there's tanking for Caleb, and then there's like, ooh, could Caleb even save your team? Like, would he even go? I'm talking about the New England Patriots. I said it last week. What if Bill Belichick is secretly okay with getting dismantled like this? Um, I don't know if that's so good for him anymore because two things. My theory of him purposefully losing, it's kind of dumb. I mean, if you're a reasonable coach, you just don't have it in you, the competitive edge to do that, unless you're as crazy as Bill Belichick may be. I don't think that would work out now that I think about it. Yes, the Patriots look like they're the worst team in the league, even worse in Carolina, even worse in Chicago, New York. They look like Brady was the reason why they were so good. (laughs) <laughs> like, like, I don't know if Caleb Williams on the Patriots is that good of a gig for Caleb Williams. I feel like he'd much rather just take his chances with Arizona or even Chicago or hell, even Carolina. I don't think he would go. I bet he would stay another year if the Patriots have the number one pick. I bet he would stay another year and then it's someone like Marvin Harrison Jr. that's got to go get drafted by them and play for Mac Jones. And hell, maybe he might fake an injury. They look horrible. I would say Patriots are probably number one or number two, but reasonably the number one team that's winning the tank race, like the reasonable tank race where you could actually get the number one pick and Caleb would, would leave SC and, you know, pursue you is the New York giants. And the reason I say that is because they have a great coach, Brian Dable, but it's very clear what's happening. Daniel Jones is just not that good. Um, and GM may have really jumped the gun with that contract, which was so dumb considering that you probably should have paid Saquon Barkley that money and just given Daniel Jones sort of like this, oh, hey, like, thanks so much. We're actually going to go with someone else this year because you you are not the future. You got us to, I guess, out of drowning, but you probably could have done better, not any worse than, you know, picking up Brian Hoyer for his 50th year in the NFL. Because um, if you lose all the games, it's like, okay, we figured that. We have Saquon locked up for a couple of years and now we're going to get Caleb Williams, but now you can't have 
Saquon for all those years as you thought you would because you only have him for the year and and you're probably gonna have to dump Jones and I don't know. It seems like Eli Manning and Tom Brady leave their said teams and the next guys that come in, Mac Jones and well, I guess Mac Jones and Cam Newton, but you know, Daniel Jones for the Giants. Both those teams look like they're winning the tank race for Caleb. Uh, but keep your eye on the Raiders. If the Raiders lose tonight, they will drop to one and four. They're they're favored to win, which is interesting because I feel like the Packers are trying to to get back some uh, ground in in their race for relevance in the NFC North. But yeah, I, I don't see Carolina getting Caleb Williams um, because they have Bryce Young. They 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 mortgaged the farm for him. They got rid of DJ Moore and their draft picks. I also really don't think Chicago is quite ready to give up on Justin Fields yet. Um, there's still a lot of time, by the way. I was so down on them last week before the I, I, as a fantasy wise, definitely start him. Um, but I, I feel like their losses, Chicago's losses, are somewhat reasonable. Somewhat. I mean, one was the the, the Chiefs' loss when Taylor Swift was in the building. There was no way the Bears were going to beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Come on, you lost to Green Bay. Green Bay is it's more of a symbolic like we still own Chicago. Uh Tampa Bay loss, whatever. Um, maybe, maybe that was a tough loss. Kansas City, I get it. The Denver loss was awful. You had to beat Washington. I don't think Chicago's in the tank race for Caleb. Uh, well, they they are, but they're not probably not gonna win. And then lastly, uh Carolina, I already mentioned them. Arizona, they're probably yeah, it depends what Kyler Murray does. All right. Um that's it for me today. Uh, more on this tomorrow. We're going to talk prescriptions and we'll adjust the tank race for Caleb after the Raiders game and stuff like that. But uh, thank you so much. It's been a good show. Lots to do at No Filter Network. Pretty busy day. And I got to get back to uh, other things, multiple operating rooms that this doctor's got to be at. Remember, folks, eat your vegetables, get plenty of rest, and always trust your doctor. We will see you tomorrow. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.